Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching today, your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Thank you all very much. I appreciate that. I, I asked Zona if she wanted to say something. She said, no, you'll have to. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, when I'm not going to talk about a lot of sacrifice because the sacrifice would be uh, not doing what God said. That's where I'd really mess up. Both of us would. And uh, I am going to tell you sometimes, though, it takes everything within me to come up here and say what I've been saying, particularly the last couple of years because I know that it's going to be challenging to people. But glory to God. God's given me the resolve to do it. And it's his influence. Thank God. Amen. We want to say once again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you all very, very much. Thank you for believing in this ministry to help spread the word. And uh, it's the word of God. It's not the vessel. It's the content. And we want to say thank you. Thank you. Now, I want to say this uh, to you as well. I want, uh, we got a a guest pastor here. And I want uh, Pastor Matthew to come from Echo Church in Thornton, Colorado. And for the ones that may not know, Matthew is our youngest son. He and Daisy and the kids moved to Thornton, Colorado, not really knowing anybody, met a lot of people. And uh, I want to give you a chance to greet them, tell them what your plans are, where, we're, where you are at.
If God may move on you, those that are viewing by live stream as well, don't we're not leaving you out. We got a whole nother audience. There's as many people that are listening through live stream as there are in the auditorium today. Maybe more, I don't know. And they've come, we've had them all around the world. Okay. Anyway, I want to let you know when he's talking about renting, and I want to I want to say this. He's gonna just rent. It's gonna be a short season, by the way. I want you to know that. It costs about five to six thousand dollars to rent a school monthly. Now, the reason why he's starting off there is because you got to grow your faith, take the first step, and uh, to rent a facility, probably five thousand square feet, five thousand square feet. This building right here, uh, with the with the two stories, twelve thousand. But five thousand square feet probably cost you. Ten or fifteen thousand dollars a month. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. You had to move to an expensive place. Anyway, I'm just saying if the Lord leads you, uh, and some of you've already done this, I want to encourage you to do so. This is about. This is just as much about Omega Church as it is Echo Church, and uh, we're going to bleed God for you getting out of the school building so you can be freed to do everything that God wants you to do in a short period of time. In fact, it's what I'm saying. I'm saying it out loud. Before the end of 2022, they'll be in a, a more permanent place. It won't be the school. 
And I just want to say um, on behalf of everybody on our team, and maybe most of you know this, I just want to say thank you so much for the support. Not, not just financially, this church has helped us financially, but the prayers and the ongoing encouragement. Uh, because, you know, when we left, I was so concerned that there's going to be talk of, oh, he's leaving the church, oh, there's something happening in our family. No, man, I, that was one of the toughest things that we did was leave because we're so close, not to just mom and dad, but y'all, y'all are our family. Yeah. And uh, so I just want to say thank you so much for everything. Right. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you right now for this time together. We thank you for we come here to hear from you. And we've already sent your presence. For we've gathered together in your name. And Lord, you're not only here in this auditorium. You're also at where they're viewing by live stream. All over the, all over the world. Now, Lord, we give you the praise and thanksgiving. We clear our minds and we open up our hearts. Now, thank you as far as I'm concerned. Give me clear thought and accurate words to convey understanding. For, Lord, you said in the last days you were going to give us pastors that would feed us with knowledge and understanding. And, Lord, I want to be true to your word. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, I want to say this to you while I am speaking. I, am, I also need to hear what I got to say. <laughs> What the Lord's going to use me to say is a better, proper way to say it. I want to share some things with you. I, we're going to continue what we talked about last week uh, called the law of reason. One of the greatest things that I ever learned from anyone was Dr. Jim Zirkel. Made a statement. He's gone on to be with Jesus but uh, I, he, he made a statement years ago, and I'll never, ever forget it. He said, the first law of God is the law of order. And too much of the time, the body of Christ has been totally confused. And I guess that's the reason why God's raised me up for these last days is men's on a both. We're no nonsense. If you can't practice the word, if it's not practicable, and that means practicable, then it's irrelevant. Are you following me? The word, God never gave us his word for it to be irrelevant in our life. It's given to help us to understand what Trey said this morning, that when you find out what God wants and do it, it just opens the door for more. And uh, we use a law. Now, I'm going to use the terminology for law because one of the greatest misconcepts is understanding the grace of God. My dad taught, most of what he taught when, as a pastor and minister is he taught on grace. I always hear people talk about grace, but they never talk about what Paul told Titus in the book of Titus where he said, the grace of God teaches you. Then he goes on to say, and admonishes you to live righteously, soberly in this present world. So if a person's being influenced by grace, and we know that we're saved by grace, do you realize what that means? That means had God not influenced it, you wouldn't even have been saved. God had to come along and influence you 
influenced the, the way. He had to make the way before you ever got saved. He had to make the way through Jesus Christ and influence salvation for you to ever get saved. Because John says, you're not saved by, by the will of man. You're saved by the will of God. In other words, it was the will of God. If it wasn't the will of God to save you, it doesn't matter how much you had a will to get saved. You follow? So we've got to understand the grace of God. And the grace of God has been misconstrued as if it means lawlessness. In other words, the opposite of the law is not grace. One of the greatest lies of the devil is to make you think that. And many, the reason why it's like that is because people don't dig very much into the word of God. They take things surfacely through, through probably a, a sermon. You need to know God for yourself. My job as a pastor is not how many people are in the auditorium. I'm not successful because of that because there's a lot of big churches today that we're gonna be filled with crowds and the crowds go out just as ignorant as they came in. And they don't know God for themselves and they don't know how to believe God in a crooked and perverse generation and therefore the pastor is not successful because they're famous and they've wrote the latest book. They're successful if they can instill into God's people, the ability to trust God for themselves. Amen. You need to be independent of this world system. Right. Amen. Did you hear what I said? That's what Jesus came to do is deliver you. So when we, we misunderstand the word grace. Grace simply means God's influence upon your heart. And the reflection of that influence in your lifestyle. And the grace of God, if, it's, if, if he's influencing you, he's not influencing you to stay in sin. In fact, it's quite the contrary. If God's influencing you, you're going to be uncomfortable in sin. Woo, man, they shout me down. Okay? And that's a challenge to our generation because the, we have been conditioned by religious activity, some of it is the leadership fault and some of it is because we've been lazy. We've been conditioned to think, well, I went to a church service, therefore God owes me. He didn't owe you anything. And if you, don't, if you don't learn the new way of living, you're going to be in trouble. Particularly now as we're closing out what is called or referred to as the church age. You know what the church age means? It means where the church influences life in society. There's coming a time when the church is no longer going to be here to influence the situation, and that's what's going to cause the Antichrist to come into power. And many Christians don't get that. Well, so, no, 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 don't talk about politics. 
Are you, are you kidding me? You mean to tell me that the gospel spreads faster in Afghanistan and more effective than it is in a free society whereby you can preach the gospel? Are you that dumb? And I'm not saying that to you that are here. I'm just saying to you, to Christians, they don't, they don't have that concept. God raised up the United States for these last days, and it's for the purpose of spreading the gospel. That's how our country was founded. And now the church moved away from that and it created a vacuum whereby secular humanism became the religion of the day. Man, I didn't mean to say any of that. <laughs> but I want, you to, I want you to get this because we're going to, I'm gonna share some things with you because Christians need to start thinking in line with God. If we do not start thinking in line with God, then what we're going to do is we're going to hear a sermon on Sunday and the world's going to influence our thinking. And the world is hostile to God. That's the reason why so many Christians have this conflict on the inside is they have come to church, heard the word of God, throw it out the window and say it doesn't matter in the issues of our lives when in reality the whole reason why God gave it is so it would influence the, the issues of your life. One of the things that I, when, when I heard Dr. Zirkel make this statement, a few years later, I heard another preacher make a statement, and it stuck with me. God works with systems. Everything in creation is based upon a system. A system, just very simply, we won't go back over that that we've went over for the last number of weeks, but a system means kind of like an organized method, if you would. God has a method of operation. Here's another lie. Well, we never know what God's going to do. No, we know what God's going to do. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. We just don't know what squirrely us is going to do. And our decisions on whether we follow God's method is going to determine our outcome. And so now we think that if we get a volume, listen carefully, a volume of people Praying the same thing. We call it prayer. Praying the same thing that we can twist God's arm to concede in defeat and I'm going to give you what you want. Right. When in reality, all of us put together in all generations can't twist God's arm. Okay, so you got to get that mindset out of you. That mindset creates an attitude, and that attitude is how we approach God. That's why there has not been the fear of God in our society. The fear of God is the basis of wisdom. You kick out the fear of God, there is no wisdom. It's insanity. It's stupidity. Do we not see that roaming in our streets today? Absolutely. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. Now watch this. What governs a system is a law. There are laws that make the system work. Violate those laws and a system goes into chaos. It doesn't matter whether it's your physical system you want to throw your body into chaos? Guess what? We induce coronavirus. 
and it invades the system of your circulatory, I mean, your, uh, uh, your respiratory system. You follow? By the way, that was man-made. That was man's screwing around, violating the laws of God. All right. A law is a ruler basis, and we can say it another way, it's principles, which Trey alluded to earlier, it's principles or truths defining correct procedure for that system. Okay? So what we see even in our physical respiratory system is a violating of those laws that govern the respiratory system, and therefore it throws your respiratory system into chaos. And the end of that, the end of that is death. That's what sin is. Sin is insanity. It's not sane. Okay? And what really is insane is to keep doing sin and think you're going to get a righteous outcome. It's not going to happen. Now watch this. The opposite of the law is not grace, it's lawlessness. Lawlessness is the state of disorder to, due to the disregard of the law that governs that system. That's lawlessness. Okay? It's not grace. In fact, Every system, in fact, I want to just help you understand that. God has created, he's created laws that govern it. Do you know that there are laws that govern salvation? We can say it another way. I'll use another terminology. In fact, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, says that any man be in Christ, he is a new creation or a new creature, if we would, a new creation. There are laws that govern the uh, physical creation, but there are laws that govern the new creation, okay? And many Christians, don't, they think, well, he set me free. Do you know what laws do? It frees you from chaos. It frees you from lawlessness so you can function the way God created you to do. We are the created, we're not the creator. Our purpose is to discover what God created us to do and be. Now, if you have to look in the Bible, I want you to prepare for yourself. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 1 while I'm giving you this. Now, we're talking about the law of reason. Many Christians don't think in terms of the mind of the Spirit, or we could call it the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Right? Did it, and we find out the laws that govern these, this new creation, number one, is the law of faith. Faith is a law. You cannot get saved from your sins unless you apply the law of faith in Christ Jesus. It's impossible. You can't do, there's no other way. In fact, you can't get into heaven without applying that law. Now, you may not realize it 
at the time, but you cannot even give it into heaven. Okay, well, if that's the case, then that means that God has borders. You're not going to climb up some other way. There's going to be extreme vetting when you stand before the pearly gates. And if you don't apply the law of faith in Christ Jesus, you ain't a gonna get in. That's the law of faith. The law of faith gives you access to the new creation. That law has to be applied. The second law, a fundamental law, is the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus. That's how you're going to live in the new creation. What does that mean? That means you're going to be spirit-led. Your spirit is born again when you apply the law of, uh, of faith in Christ Jesus. Your spirit gets born again. Now God's going to deal with you spirit to spirit, not just in external forms. He's going to deal with the inside out. The more you develop the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus and understand it, then guess what's going to happen? The more you're going to be freed from the external constraints of the law of sin and death. Are you following that? But you have to develop in it. And so many times, I, I, listen, I, I, I've grown around, I, I, I was just as ignorant and stupid as anybody else. So this is not coming down from a superior attitude. I'm trying to help you understand. These are things that I discovered, and as I discovered them and began to apply them, not even knowing that I'm doing it, you know what I'm mean? saying? How many of you know that you, a lot of times you operate in the law of gravity without knowing it? Okay, when you fall off a ladder, you're operating in the law of gravity. Okay, all right. So, as I discovered them, I'm, 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 what I'm giving you today is things that God has dealt with me for decades to get me to this point, to where I can explain it. Okay? Now, uh, the third law and this law in the new creation is above all the other laws, and it's the law of love. Now, when I say love, many people think that I'm talking about the law of love between each other or our love for God. No, 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 no. If you, if you miss that, you're going to get it really wrong. You don't even have the capacity to love until you receive the love of God. The love of God is God. God is love. And he operates by this law. Now, when the love of God operates in you, when you deal with each other, you deal with each other from the point of truth. For the love of God, God's love is in truth. There's another, in other words, there's no fallacy involved. There's no shadow in it. There's no hidden motives in it. I love you, so I'm not going to deceive you. Now, when you, when you start developing that, then it means that we can talk with each other truthfully without having to worry about political correctness. Or say it another way, hurting your feelings. Some people's feelings need to be hurt. 
because they're programmed by the devil. You know, there's some people carry a chip on their shoulder all the time. I dare you to knock it off. I dare you to knock it off. I dare you to knock it off. Then when it gets knocked off, man, oh man, oh man, I just wanted an excuse to get in with it, get, 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 get in, into it with you. No. And l- let me say this. I cannot make people do anything. The only one that will make people do anything won't make people do anything. He gives you the freedom to choose, which brings me up to another law. This is the law I want to deal with that I left off last. It's called the law of reason. I want to say it another way, new creation thinking. How many of you have had some stupid thoughts in your life? This is how you get rid of stinking thinking. Okay? First of all, God doesn't deal with anybody in condemnation. He deals with them with conviction. Another word for the word conviction, you go look it up, means to convince What's he convincing? Your reasoning. Your reasoning is, is, well, let me give it to you like this. Let me give you the definition of it, okay? And by the way, just so you know where I got my sources, because your source is a very important thing, because you can get your source from CNN or The View. <laughs> and there is... <laughs> They think they're, they're, they're walking in the light, but they're walking in darkness. Yes. And many Christians believe it because it's been repeated. But reasoning, oh, by the way, I got this from Siri herself. <laughs> and, and in my phone, it's a she. Zona's phone, it's a he. Okay. She's trying to hear, I'm trying to hear Zona's, well, I'm going to rephrase that, never mind. She's trying to hear my voice as young as it used to be. <laughs> Love you, Zona. Okay, reasoning is a cause, explanation, or justification for an action or event. Now, reasoning can be wrong or it can be right. But it still doesn't mean that a person that reasoned wrong doesn't try to come up with a cause, an explanation, or a justification for that action or event. Everybody's using reasoning. It's a law. God created you to reason. He created you to reason. It's also another definition, a definition that goes with that, because there's three different definitions I'm going to read to you, all right? But what goes with that part is a premise of an argument in support of a belief. It's a premise of an argument of a support of belief. Now, people were created. You're designed to believe. There's no such thing as not believing. Believing means that we hold something to be true. Now, how many of us have ever believed a lie? I have. 
rest of you didn't respond to that. <laughs> Maybe you're believing a lie today. I don't know. Everybody believes. There's no such thing as not believing. There's right and wrong believing according to God. But everybody's going to believe. So you're going to believe something. When a person says, well, I don't believe in God, you still have a belief. You follow? Now, a lot of times they get in the foxhole and they change your belief. So a belief can be changed. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's a premise in support of a belief. Now, Definition number two is the power of the mind to think. Understand and form judgments. Reasoning is the power of the mind to think. Understand and form judgments by a process called logic. Okay? And here's the lie that we've all bought into. That we, when we get born again, we have no more logic. If it's logical, then guess what? It can't be God because who's, who, can, who can figure God out? When the Bible says very plainly, he has given us the mind of Christ. The problem is you're trying to use fallen human nature logic to understand a spiritual God. When God says you've got to become spiritually minded to use spiritual logic to understand the things of God. It's called revelation knowledge. It has to be revealed to you. It's hard knowledge now that we reprogram our thinking with. That's why it's so illogical from a spiritual aspect if you study the Bible at all for to go to church and hear about the things of God, go out to the voting booth and vote pro-abortion. It's not not biblical. Biblical. God doesn't see the logic in that. He says your reasoning is confused by the influence of the world and the church thinks, oh my God, it doesn't matter after all. God loves us all. But you violated the laws of God and you will pay the consequence. That's what we're having right now. Because there is a demon that wants babies sacrificed. That's been uh, throughout uh, human, I mean, uh, human history. It was during the time of Moses. We can go, it was during the time of birth of Jesus with Herod. It's in this generation today, and it's a God that loves baby sacrifices. And today we have it again in the sense of, listen carefully, in the sense of that we're, trying to help those mothers who have abandoned, been abandoned by fathers. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't go into trying to reason with me because I'm going to come back with you with the Bible. I'm not interested in whether I hurt your feelings or not. 
I've been around way too long, preached too many sermons. I'm, I've, I've been in it too long. I'm not worried about hurting your feelings. Okay? Because I love you too much to let you believe that stinking lie and keep you in a state of confusion. Listen to this. Logic itself is a system. And it's governed by the law of reason. Logic is a system. It's an organized method by which you think and come to a conclusion so you can form a decision. And if it's not spiritually, listen carefully, if it's not spiritually influenced by God, it will be influenced by this system of the devil called worldliness. Worldliness has got nothing to do with, it it can affect the exterior of what you wear, but it's not what you wear. It's a way of thinking. Y'all love Jesus? Before I, you you found Isaiah. Okay. Before I read Isaiah, I want to make one statement to you. Grace itself is the influence of divine laws. Now let that, think, let that sink in. Grace itself, when the Bible talks about grace, it is the influence of divine laws. Why are they, why are they called, why, why do you say laws? Because they, they were created by God. The sun rises in the morning in the east and sets in the west, even if it's a cloudy day. The sun has no choice, but God God created a creature in his image and in his likeness that has freedom to choose or have logic. The sun has no logic. It has no reasoning, okay? You and I are the only creatures that God created in his image and likeness to have logic or have reason to make a a, a choice. Jesus chose to obey the Father for your sake. He chose that. You follow me? Nobody could kill him. He wasn't murdered. We got songs that, that we think is so fancy that, uh, uh, and modern things. And we sang these songs and I had to stop one here a, a few years back because we're making a statement that Jesus was murdered. There's no devil in hell could murder him. He said, I have the power to lay my life down and I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received from the Father. He laid it down. He reasoned. Okay, and made a choice. Even against when he was in the garden, said, Father, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. He had his emotions going one way, but he reasoned, and because he reasoned in line with what the Father wanted, he went to the cross, 
paid the price and he's not sorry that he did it. All right, you found Isaiah. How come it's always after 11 o'clock before I ever get to read the scriptures? All right, Isaiah chapter number one. Let's start with verse number 16. I'll be reading out of the King James. Wash you and make, your, make you clean. Now, what does he mean by that? Because the previous verses, he said, I'm sick of your solemn assemblies. I'm tired of your gatherings. You've got blood on your hands, okay? Too, sad to say that in some, quote, Christians have blood on their hands. It's called innocent blood. You've stood, you've stood up for killing babies. You say, well, Brother Ronnie, why are you getting to I'm trying to tell you that's a part of your life. And now it's come back to kick us in the butt, and yet Christians keep going back to it. It's not, you can't reason with God on this. God's very specific. He said, wash your hands, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil. Watch verse 17, learn to do well. You have to learn it. Why? By getting your thinking straightened out. You gotta get your thinking straightened out. Seek judgment. Seek what? Judgment. Judgment. You have to make, how many of you understand? I've heard people say, well, no, no, you're not supposed to judge. Really? Have you ever heard of a judgment call? I mean, this is a football season. What do you think the referees are doing? Is it legally a touchdown or is it out of bounds? They have to make a judgment call. Okay? If it's out of bounds and you call it, listen carefully, and you call it <laughs> inbounds, and that team wins, it was an illegal win. Catch it? Yes. <laughs> Jesus, help them before the day's out. It's an illegal win because it wasn't, it wasn't done within the legal bounds of what governs the system. Okay? Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed and judge the fatherless. And what does that mean, judge the fatherless? It doesn't just mean stand up for them. It means that you need to treat them the way you would your own children. Would you lie to your children? Would you leave them to be defenseless? Would you not impart unto them good, sound reason? Plead for the widow. Now watch verse 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Now here's, 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 where, we, here's where we got these definitions. I asked Siri and I, asked, I went back and I looked at the Greek, I mean, excuse me, the Hebrew lexicon and these parallel. Let us reason together. God says, I want to know what your excuse is, what your justification is for keep doing wrong. 
Talk to me. Tell me your reason for doing this. Give me an explanation for the, the decisions you've made. See if it will be excusable. Woo, man, that's, that's heavy. Very heavy. See, when we get to heaven, there ain't going to be a crowd standing between you and God. And it ain't going to matter whether it's a popular opinion or not. You're going to have to give a reason. He said, though your sins be scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If. Now, did you get that? Big word. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat of the good of the land. Let's go back over that again. We got to put verses 18 and 19 together. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though your, they shall be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient. Did you get that? The only way that I'm going to block this out is if you deal with me in truth and you're willing to change your mind and follow what I say to do. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let, me, let me tell you, as a pastor, I have seen over 40 years, 40 plus years, by the way, 42, discounting being raised in a pastor's home, just my dealings. I have seen many Christians that practice sin and then want to come into the church, quote, church, the church service, and want God to straighten out the mess that they continually do on a daily basis. It ain't going to happen. You got to let God get a hold of your thinking. You better let him get a hold of your reasoning. That's why he given us the word of God and he gave us the great teacher called the Holy Spirit who would be with us forever and no matter where you're at, he's right there with you and he'll help you to reason in line with the word of God so you can obey God when the devil's trying to bait you to sin. Amen. Yes. See, <laughs> I love you. I am really not mad at you, but I am trying to. I'm just the alarm clock. Beat on me all you want. I'm still going to go off. <laughs> this morning, the alarm clock went off and Zona looked at me and she says, let's snooze it. We hit the snooze button and then my reasoning kicked in. Today is Sunday. You can take off all week long. You cannot do that today. <laughs> all right, watch this. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if you refuse, verse 20, and rebel against my reasoning, you shall be destroyed with the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, some people are going to say, well, now, now, my brother Ronnie, that was in the Old Testament. 
If the Old Testament hadn't come along, there wouldn't be no New Testament. This is still practicing the laws that govern the new creation. Now, we know that we didn't have the capacity to keep the laws of the new creation. That's why we have to be born again. We have to have access to the Father for him to influence us. But if we're born again, now we got access to the Father and Jesus is given his spirit called the Holy Spirit to live and abide within us forever so that everything we do, everywhere we go, even when you're sitting on your porcelain throne, He can be right there with you and help you reason the way Jesus would. Jesus came to give us his lifestyle. Another great lie is to think that Jesus came to take you to heaven. If that was the case, we would all be better off the moment we asked Jesus into our heart that he turned to the angel, Scotty, and said, beam them up before they screw up. <laughs> but he didn't do that, did he? No, he didn't do that. Why? Because he needs people on the earth that will exercise the law of faith to have access to the law of the spirit life so it can be a witness to our generation. We're testifying to the goodness of God. He's not mad at people. Quit making foolish choices. Let God come and live through you. We've got to finish this. Now watch this. How is the faithful of the city become as a harlot? It is full of judgment. Righteousness lodged in it. But now, murderers. How could America deviate from the laws of God from the foundation of our nation to now we got murderers and thugs that are running our country? You think think that I am... uh, Taking that out of context, wait till I finish it. Thy silver has become dross. You know what silver's for? Silver was money. You know what dross is? It means it's been contaminated with impurities. What do you think has happened with the money system of the United States of America? You have thugs that are robbing hardworking people of the value of money by inflating it at their quim, at whatever they want to transfer wealth out of your hand into their greedy hands. You go study that. He said it's become dross. Thy wine is mixed with water. The princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Princes here are those that are governing. Everyone loves gifts. That word gifts in the King James really means bribes. 
Everyone loves briberies. You got politicians in office, guess what they're doing? They're making deals with the enemy against their own nation. Why is that? Because the church hasn't reasoned with God and stood up against the evil ways of worldliness. We've been taught that it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat. They're both just a bunch of thieves. And guess what? That justifies me for not looking at the platform and looking at the individual. How close are they coming to what God says and, 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 and voting that way? In fact, this is what happens. A lot of people want to know. Now, Pastor Ronnie, is he Democrat or Republican? I am Christian. And because I'm Christian, I'm going to judge both parties and individuals that are running in those parties to find out whether or not they're going to line up with the Christian principles of God's word. If they don't, they ain't getting my vote. They ain't getting my support. They ain't getting my endorsement. I'm saying that also for those that are viewing by live stream. I love y'all here. Y'all hand clap me. I can't hear their hand clap. (laughs) Now watch this. They love gifts. They follow after rewards. They They judge not the fatherless. Neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. Therefore saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel. Ah, I will see ease of my uh, adversary. I will ease me of mine adversaries and avenge uh, me of mine enemies. This is where we're at right now. You need to understand this. This is what's going on. I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away the dross and take away all thy tin. And I will restore thy judges as at first. This is, whoa, this is a promise right here. As at first. And thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterwards, thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed, listen to this, with judgment. And her converts with Righteousness. If you want to know why, what, why I am uh, speaking this way, I'm speaking to the body of Christ. The world out there that doesn't know God cannot understand what I'm saying. But the body of Christ has to have this alarm sounded. We have been rocked to sleep with the views of this worldly system. And you cannot appease and you cannot compromise with sin. Everyone since the fall of Adam and Eve that ever compromised with sin was hooked by it. Don't think you're superior. You're not superior. You have to have the influence of God. Are are y'all with me? 
Y'all do know I love you, right? Okay, I'm talking to you from the heart of the Father. Okay? I'm going to tell you, my dad took me... Uh, <laughs> oh, he took me and set me down sometimes. I'm not trying to be mean. Dad loved me. I'll never forget the... I'll, I'll tell you this. Some of y'all are going to love it. Wish you could have been there to see it, Pastor Ronnie. The last time I ever got a whipping. Wow, that is a... What? What? You mean to tell me you got a whipping? For you that don't know what a whipping is, it's a spanking. <gasps> what unpardonable sin did you commit? I'll never forget the last one. I was 12 years old. And I was acting up in children's church. Me with a bunch of <clears throat> deacon's kids. And here's the thing about it. Which I had to forgive this woman. Who was the children's church teacher at the time. The only child that she told on was me. You know why she didn't tell the other? Because she's among the deacons. You, know what, you understand what I'm talking about? Among those that are out there in leadership. And I can't have the parents mad at me, but it's okay. It's okay now to tell the pastor. Okay? She may have been afraid of their response, probably was. She knew my dad's response. By the way, I just want to say this. As far as I can remember, none of those kids grew up. They all grew up to live a backslidden life. So she told my dad. And my, my dad, my dad never did correct me in anger. Now, he may have corrected Odell, who's here. He may have corrected all... But I'm the eighth child. And he learned from the mistakes, I guess. <laughs> I'm teasing. But he never corrected me in anger. So I'll never forget this. This was on a Monday. And uh, uh, my brother, who's just uh, older than me, and he's seven years older than me. And his wife were coming by the house, and they was going to eat supper with us. And I knew that dad, he brought it up to my attention. He said, Ronnie, we got to talk. I knew what that meant. <laughs> and so uh, Larry and Beverly came. They ate supper and I begged them, <laughs> stay late. <laughs> stay late. Larry knew what was coming. He was kind of smirking. No, Ronnie, we got to go early. You are on your own. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> after Larry Beverly left, Dad was reading the paper, and he said, Ronnie, come here. And he said, I, I heard that you got, you disturbed children's church Sunday. You weren't paying attention. He said, you know we got to deal with this, don't you? And I said, yes, sir. He said, go to your room and wait until I get there. 
he probably stayed there, I don't know. It seemed like hours. It may not have been an hour reading that paper. What he was doing, he's getting the mind of God. Now you think I'm kidding right here, but I'm not. He was getting the mind of God because he was not gonna deal with the wrath of man. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. And so when it came in, he said, you know what you did wrong, didn't you? And I said, yes, sir. He said, now just lay across the bed there. I said, yes, sir. And he only struck me three times. And at that point when he did it, I made up my mind. And I didn't tell him out of my mouth, but I told him in my mind, this will be the last time you ever do this to me. And you think I'm kidding. That was the last whipping I ever had because I ain't ever going to do that again. Never going to give you a reason to do that. Are y'all following me? Now, a lot of people today, now, do you know why we can't train and develop our children? Because we have been influenced by the world. Listen carefully. We've been influenced by the world. And then when we get so angry, we act like the world. God has never dealt with you in anger. Never has. My children can tell you when they were the more they grow, the less you have to deal with this. If you don't deal with this when they're young, the more you're going to, if you don't deal with the thing that we feel, and it may not be a whipping, it may be being locked up for the rest of their lives. And don't think because you go to exempt. Think that. Deal with it. Start when they're early and you won't have near as Now, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but you need to grab a hold of this. You've got to get reasoned. Our children can tell you when they were small and get, get as much as they're going to, you know, I ain't giving them my... They really didn't get it as much as you think. But I can tell you this. I got... I'll never forget our oldest son, Joah. I don't know how or five, I don't know. And he kept acting up at church, I think is what it was a result of it, and I had to deal with him. And if we were so aggravated, we'd have to tell the other one, you're going to have to take care of it, because if I get a hold of him now, I'll die. And uh, anyway, and I'll never forget this. He was, I had to deal with it. And he knew that. And I'll never forget this one time I went in there and I, I, we, what we would do, we, I had to make this a practice. We'd get in there and explain to them what they did wrong. And then we'd say, now, do you know why we're dealing with this? And this, John was smart. <laughs> And we'd always quote scripture with them and pray with them. And I, I said, do you know why I'm dealing with this? And he looked at me, came down his eye. He said, yes, sir. 
because you want me to live a long time. <laughs> now you talk about you talk, you hard to deal with it. It was hard. It was like spanking myself. <laughs> you can sure I took it light on him. Because he learned his lesson. That's the whole you want to create self-discipline. Let me ask you this. I want to close. How many of you trust yourself? If you, I don't. I don't trust myself 100%. That's why God creates self-discipline. The highest form of government is not the government of the United States. It's Supreme Court. The highest form of government is self-government. And if we create that self-government, then give yourself to business. You create the laws of God because you will read yourself into God. And when there's a consequence for it. Does that mean God doesn't love you? No. He has to give you the consequence of your choice. If a plants peanuts, he doesn't grow melons. The law of seed time and harvest. Now, does that mean that you have all the wild oats that you've sown? No. There is such thing as called a you can plow that over. But you cover the seed before it's got time to manifest. Understand what I'm called re repentance is your friend. It's not your enemy. It just means what, the way you think so you can change the way you act. It starts with the thought. It starts with the logic. It starts with that system. And God has given Christ a way of thinking. We cannot think like the old system and expect the mission results. It's ludicrous. That's insanity. Who would think if you go to a farmer and what are you going to grow? Well, I'm going to grow watermelons. Well, let me look at your seed. They turn out to be you think what's wrong with you do we we do that every Sunday as a body of Christ and I'm going to stop right there some of you pray. Father we thank you you're dealing with our hearts so you can transform And in transforming thinking, we were formed to this world. But transformed. Transformed to your way. So we can live the good life. Now, Father, I thank you for the sound of my voice. Those that are here in the auditorium, doing by live stream. Father, you're not mad at our nation. You're not mad at any individual. You're saying, wake up and live in you. 
If there's anyone in the sound of my voice, Lord, you draw them by your spirit. Convince them. Convict them. So that we can allow you to work the changes. We can't save ourselves from ourselves. Save us from ourselves. That nature that deceives us, lies, causes us to walk in. Thank you right now. That is a call upon you, pure heart. You said all those that call upon you, faith, we would be saved. All those that call upon Jesus. Lord, we call upon You're not only wanting to save us our sins, but you want to save us present stupidity. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Be to God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your influence. And Lord, those that need healing in their body or in their marriage or family or healing in their finances, Lord, I thank you for a conviction, a convincing. And by your stripes, we are the healed. And that you supply all of our needs according to your riches of glory. And that Jesus, you have become our prince of peace. Where nothing would be missing and nothing would be broken in our homes. Help us to desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. Someone right now is being healed. Someone right now is being delivered. Yeah, someone is being delivered from a, a habit that you've struggled with. You know it's not good. You're being delivered right now. The desire of that habit is being broken. Glory be to God. Now, Father, as we get ready to leave this place, we thank you that your influence surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. We can hear your voice, the voice of another we won't follow. Father, we thank you that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods, so there won't be a tragedy named among us. You've given us your name to use and we invoke your name that's above every name and we declare in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against us shall prosper and there will be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, Father, fill us so full of your love that as we go out into our everyday lives and every person that we come in contact with, let your love just ooze out of us and touch them for their good and for our calling. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please?
If you made Jesus the Lord of your life today, I want to say this to you. We have a booklet and it gives you eight weeks of eight next steps. One of them is that Jesus said, if you don't confess me before men, I cannot confess you before my Father which is in heaven. If you'll confess him, then Jesus can call out your name and say, he belongs to you or she belongs to you. We want you to take the next steps. We have a booklet just for you in the lobby if you're here in the auditorium or if that's you by live stream. If you will email us, we'll make sure we get this booklet into your hands because you need to follow through. This is a lifestyle change, a completely different than you've ever known before and you won't be sorry about it. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you. Give somebody a high five. Say, I was glad that you helped me this morning. Be here. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.